everything I know I learn from Frank Miller And everything I do I do as fast as flash run quarterback status And then some Damn the new 52 Buying up every issue on DC Not exclusively what I'm into Bastards Comics with the healthy Wolverine classics The soul down below So anything can go Hell be exclusively fill the past enemy Sabertooth And you killed your dad for the second time in hell Man, tell me that's not badass Man, tell me that ain't badass Oh, it's Kevin Oh, guys, I just heard the most incredible thing oh, just, just let me in, it was incredible Do the comic bastard shuffle oh, Do I it wanna. Do it! Come on! Do it! Come on! Gotta do it. Where? Right. What did you hear? It was the Comic Bastards motherfucking podcast. Oh, that's us. We're here. We are right now. That's greetings, present. everyone. Greetings. Welcome to episode thirty-seven. Yeah. Wow. To mark that monumental occasion, <laughs> that is thirty-seven. We have a very special guest with us, Carl, creator. Hey, how's it going, everybody? There you go, Carl. Welcome. Live from the East Coast, West Coast. Isn't technology great? There, this is like a little Biggie Pock thing going right now. Uh-oh. When they were friends. Were oh, you guys holograms or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl is responsible for an awesome website called the infozombie.com. So if you haven't checked that out, do so. And he also helps us by contributing to Comic Bastards. Damn straight. There you go. That's how we have created this Triforce of Power right now. It's almost like a Western. I feel like I'm riding out on the plains with the Magnificent Bastards. I love it. I love it. Six guns at the ready. Let's do this thing. Let's start it off with, what do you want to do? Talk about news? Of course. Of course. How can we ignore the news? We should ignore the news because it seems kind of... uh, Shitty. Let's talk about it right now. Marvel now. 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 All right. It's a Marvel now. Do I... I'll set the stage, I guess. Go ahead. I mean, because a lot of... It's a Marvel guy's ass kicked by DC all year. Yeah, I think... Let's just admit it. They took back some market share. Well, Avengers versus X-Men was a pretty big deal for him. No, I got beat by uh, Before Watchmen, pretty much. Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. (laughs) Yeah. When you got four issues in the top ten that are all before Watchmen, and you only have two Avengers versus X-Men, and you had to do incentive discount deals. That book did that good, the Before Watchmen series? Yes. Yeah. It's number three, four, five, and six. Wow. I read yeah. a couple of them. I, I was yeah. all right with them. I was okay with them. Yeah. All, all four of the ones that launched were uh, in the top ten. So I think Marvel literally had, uh, they had AVX, whatever chapters came out in the first and the second position. Again, discount sales. And then um, Spider-Man was the only okay. only other Marvel book in the top ten. The rest was DC. <clears throat> so everyone's saying this is Marvel's answer to the new 52. Right. It's I a mean, soft reboot from Marvel, which I talked about a year ago. Dustin called this did. a long time ago by 51. A happens to listen to us. Yeah, if you listen to us, we were harping about this. Wait, you're still in your mom's teeth. Um, so the, we announced a bunch of, uh, new creators. I know we didn't announce it. Marvel. I didn't announce shit. <laughs> I didn't announce shit. Um, <clears throat> and basically they're going to be doing a huge shakeup, new titles spread out. They're not going to just like pick one month to launch it. Yeah. And the first is going to be Uncanny Avengers oh. with Rick Redeemer and John Cassidy on art. Uh, I like his art. I like his art. I hate his fucking covers. <laughs> So, um, Carl, what, did you, uh, what do you think of that first lineup before we move on to the other ones? Well, they're including the name Uncanny Avengers, because isn't this the team that's supposed to be like Wolverine and, you know, a couple of the X-Men put together, and then, as they say in magical quotes, wildcard additions to the team? Yeah, because, well, it's Redeemer, and he's, a, he's like, I'm crazy. You never know what I'm going to do. I'm touching boobies. And you're just like, uh, those are grandma boobies. Stop I'm like that. your uncle at a kid's birthday party. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, I didn't want to go that far. Molesting. Yeah, it's supposed to be the team. 
Anyway, it's supposed to be the team that um, is more proactive. It's like an Avengers team for X-Men situation. So they just... That is the dumbest. If you sold that book to me <laughs> with that line... That's how they've been selling it. What happens when you need a team for an X-Men situation? I call the X-Men? No, an Avengers situation. I, I call the Avengers. Well, in the who first... Do I, I don't know who to call. In the first issue of AVX, Cyclops tells Captain America he can go fuck himself because <laughs> he's like, you guys never show up when you know mutants are dying. So that's their answer is Captain America, Thor, and then two ex-mutant Avengers, Scarlet Witch and Wolverine, and then uh, you shove Havoc and fucking Rogue on a team because Lord knows I give a shit what Havoc's doing. Rogue will probably make out with everyone on the team. That'd be hot. It only makes perfect nonsense in the way that comic book universes do because here's Marvel hot off of a $1.4 billion film with characters now that all over the world they know. So how are we going to introduce the Avengers into comic book shelves? Well, we're going to put X-Men in it. So it's it's going to be a success. I'm, I'm predicting three or four reprints on that number one. Oh, just I because it, it's so bafflingly fucking stupid that they're gonna <laughs> make a huge hit out of it. So. That's what I think. You're gonna confuse Joe Public with like I thought these guys were Avengers. Who are these guys? Well, they're, well, they're X Men. Well, it's just typical Marvel yeah. to be behind behind their own trend. So they're like they're infusing all of the movie costumes, with the exception of Iron Man into the comic books like you look at captain america he's wearing a movie costume you look yeah. at thor he's wearing his movie costume and it's just typical marvel to be behind chasing their own tail yeah they're chasing their own tail and the problem is they should have done this shit six months before avengers came out but they were just like well let's see if this movie makes any money it you made put a couple... you put enough marketing into it how could you expect it not to least... made a couple of books guys yeah, let's go ahead a... and make a make a little funny book with the colors yeah, it took that number three spot pretty well so so is Iron Man going to bleed the X-Men in the new X-Men number one? I don't know. Is that how know. it's going to work? or No, I think, well, the the all-new X-Men number one is Bendis and, I'm going to slaughter his name, I think it's Emowen. I don't know. He's got a funky-ass name. <laughs> funky name. And, <laughs> no uh, love here on the podcast. His girlfriend back in the 80s and 90s, she was in that one Star Trek movie where, you know, she, she was the shapeshifter. Oh, no, that was Iman. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that the one where they saved the dolphins or the great whales or the sperm whales? I don't know. Star Trek. After a long time, all those Star Trek movies just melding together. Oh, that's Star Trek number three. What does God need with a whale? Yeah, where Spock had the headband on because he had to kick it in San Fran. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was Star Trek I heard they had high-speed rail now just got passed in California. How come that wasn't in Star Trek 4? Man, Star Trek 4 is full of fucking lies. Right, you know. You you telling me you can't go back in time by swinging around the sun? No, we can't. No, jeez, fuck. Didn't you see Superman two, and one? You have to fly around the Earth, dude. No, I'm just. Joking. <clears throat> well, all new X Men is going to deal with Jean Grey, who they were like, brought her back. <laughs> Was anyone really surprised? No, but I don't know. I'm just like. If they make her hook up with Wolverine, I think I'm I think I'm done with Marvel. That's gonna be one books. hairy baby, like because you know she's single and singing or, or swinging and single now. <laughs> single and singing, I don't know. She can do that too. She's on plenty of fish. <laughs> I'll go to find me some pee pee. So you know, I mean, Scott's with the the lingerie model essentially now. I mean, and, like if I mean, okay, say you're at like you know, Bennigan's getting your blues busted. And uh, you're with Emma. You're like, dude, put some fucking pants on or like a shirt. I mean, you're in a public. There's children. Your tits are hanging out, and you got like some underwear, white panties. That's hot, but not for Bennigan. <laughs> I don't think they get to eat at Bennigan's. No, no, yeah, mutants. Remember, no mutants allowed. She's the upper class. So. That's true. Tony Romas, possibly. I can see right now, Tony Romas, just with barbecue all over everything. That's weird. Um, <laughs> okay, the next book that they announced was Avengers number one by Hickman and Opima. Probably Ooh. said that wrong. Fema? I don't know. I don't know. I am not actually familiar with that artist at all. Anyone? Anyone? I don't know. No. Well, and it looks like. But everybody loves it's Hickman. Be published so. every two weeks. Oh shit! 
Yeah. That's gonna I be... like Hickman. Everyone's like, I can't wait to see Hickman on Avengers. But I'm like, I can't wait for him to kind of just keep do doing his... shit at Image because yeah, I'd much stuff. rather see that. Um, Marvel announced with the release of this, this Marvel Now, and th- this was the biggie, cinematic covers. Oh, yeah. By that. Really? That's their big thing. New digital technology for the um, digital versions of these comic books and cinematic covers that are supposed to be mind-blowingly amazing. Well, yeah, they want to figure out some other use for that. uh, Augmented reality. Yeah. That that we all live in. (laughs) Yeah. Which, if you go to Carl's Jr., you can, or Hardee's in some neck of the woods. East Coast. Yeah, that's why. Um, and you use that app on the little spider-man billboard in there it'll do something you see spider-man swing whoa i I was like go watch the movie and watch him do that right (laughs) yeah exactly cut cut out yeah i don't know what a cinematic cover is i guess that might be like uh it moves like a motion like a flicker sticker like a hologram sticker no no god i hope we're not back to the holograms already (laughs) We're back to the holograms. Look at this. Sign me de- out again. <laughs> look at this upper deck card I got with Don Madley. He's, look at him. No. Two of them. <laughs> um. So is this necessary? Is this reboot even necessary? Sure. I mean, it's good for me because I missed a lot of the Marvel stuff back in the day. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get like the shit leavings <laughs> stories, <laughs> but. I don't know, I guess, I don't know, I'll check it out, because I'm a sucker for it, I guess. I'm like, oh, it's new and exciting. It's on number one, so I'll know what's going on. Well, I mean, I think that, I don't know if it's smart that Marvel continues to do these, like, slow rollouts. Like, you saw how widely successful DC's um, one-month relaunch was. Mm -hmm. So why spread this out over the course of, like, six months? Like, I get it, like, it it doesn't allow the fanboys to hate on it as much, because they only have, like, one book at a time to hate on. Yeah, but then if you get that concentrated hate over with, and then they'll actually maybe shut up and start enjoying it. Yeah, exactly, but, I mean, look at how, I mean, there's some naysayers for the the new 52, but in the end, everyone still just kept buying everything. You almost have no choice. It's just, like, you took away their cake, and gave them another cake, and they're just like, well, I still fucking love cake. What is this poop flavor? I don't give a shit. I'm eating it. You know what I mean? It's, I think they're, it's almost like they were too scared to just commit to a full, you know, cleaning of the slate because they were just like, Ooh, that movie made a lot. If we take that away, we'll be back to square one. Yeah. But cause that movie made a lot of money cause everyone wanted to see it. And I don't think it was really the comics that did it. It was the movies of those. Yeah. It was America's movie. It was fucking, you know, Iron Man's movie. It was, you know, I mean, that that got Joe Public ready for it. Yeah. And then the nerds, they would have saw it. You could have just said Captain America. Well, they said Josh Weed, and they were like. Exactly. Like, you could have been like, Captain Natown's in it, and he rubs his balls. Nerds would have saw that. They'd have been like, he's in it? I'm there. I would not see that. You DVD, Blu-ray, combo pack, day one. You would have got the it. Captain America <laughs> ball rubbing edition? <laughs> How much is that on Amazon? Funny enough, sir. We have plenty of them. <laughs> we have plenty. I'm gonna give you a free one. Um, so Carl, well, the, you... the October through February release date with a new book every month. That, that's Marvel resorting to uh, perfect drug dealer kind of business tactics. You know, you get somebody always returning every month. So, you know, with a new book every month, everybody loves to buy the number one book and then disappear. But now they'll keep coming back every month to buy a new book. So they'll be like, oh, look, number one. And I might as well pick up number two and number three of these other books while I'm here. So, you know, it, it's a good business tactic. Yeah, I can see that working for sure. I mean, it just kind of seems at times it's like, well, I mean, the model works for DC. It worked quite well. Why would you not just copy that model? And it almost seems like they're pulling a, a Sony network to an Xbox Live. Well, Xbox Live, it's great. It works. Let's not copy it, though, because we want to do our own thing. Yeah. We don't want to be told that we're just copying them. Let's make ours free. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> you know, just that kind of mentality. It just, it's, a, it's a strange thing, business mentality of, well, we don't want to copy them. We see that it works, but we don't want to copy them. So we're going to just do a tweak on it and hope it pays off. Put their Marvel spin on it. So, I mean, I wonder 
how many more books we're gonna get. I mean, obviously, Comic Con's next week, and we'll have to wait for right. I mean, I'm pretty sure there'll be more. You know, well, like, yeah, they're gonna reveals. have to. They're gonna have to come out with more since they were like, oh, that Entertainment Weekly shipped a couple weeks early. <laughs> oh fuck. Well, that's what they get for putting in USA Today and Entertainment Weekly. Just... Yeah, I find it funny. Entertainment Weekly, owned by WB, released the Marvel News. And then DC changed one of their panels to DC Now. Just to kind of... Take a piss? Yep. Wow. Well, they have a long history of doing that at the cons, so... That's true. Yeah. Well, that was... Uh, I don't know. Boring. It, it was, but it would do gangbusters for him. <laughs> I know one bastard who was just like, signing off. Not gonna do Marvel anymore. Who? Neil. He'll buy it. He's talking shit. Nah, you know he likes everything to stay the same. So that's true. Anyways, um, other bit of news: oh. new creators on Detective Comics. Oh, the Chew guy. The Chew guy. Yes. I don't like Chew. Well, you're <laughs> one of the few people that don't like Chew. I, Guilty. I enjoy it enough. Carl, do you read Chew at all? Not really. Is this the um, the cover with the penguin on it that you guys have posted with the new? Yeah, that really Oops. terrible fucking cover. Where the penguin looks like a creepy uncle. Cobblepot. No, I, I think he looked like the Hasidic version of Uncle Moneybags from the Monopoly game. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's like, you yeah, land on Broadway. Yeah, railroad, railroad, <laughs> railroad, <laughs> railroad your mom. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, John Laneman, creator of Chew. Um, writing fucking everything right now, it seems like. He's doing Mars Attacks. Um, I forget what... Oh, so he's the Judd Winnick of the hour right now, huh? Uh, I would say he's a little higher quality than (laughs) Judd Winnick. The the, the Robert Altman or whatever from (laughs) Walking Dead. Now he writes everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now we go through cycles where all the the creators get hot and they write everything and then they go back down to one book and... Well, I think Layman has a, a better track record of, of quality, at least. Like, he doesn't stay on projects very long, though. So that's why I'm like, how long is he going to be on this book? Like, maybe a year most? Until like, he gets bored of it. Yeah. So um, I forget the artist's name. I'm trying to see where the hell I wrote that. Oh, uh, Jason Jason Fabok. Man, just a lot of fucking last names. I'm just first names only from this point on. <laughs> um, <laughs> that cover blows. It's weird. It has it's, a terrible It's pretty layout. uninspiring. Well, it's like your middle ground is huge. And then you got your four, or your background, little tiny guy, and then you got Batman in the foreground. I'm like... I don't know. Well, After why that... Why didn't you just shove the penguin in the background? If you're going to make the penguin a major player, kind of again, because he's kind of just been waiting in the wings, no pun intended, but that mini he came off of, the penguin... Fucking awesome. Yeah, the Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, you can't fuck with that shit. And then this, he's got a... I know he won't, Well, but he looks like the Waka Waka one. He does. He's smoking the long cigarette. Yeah, with the little... The fancy... Yeah. Fancy cigarettes. Fancy cigarettes. <laughs> That's probably a lady cigarette. It is. It's. I mean, he's a smaller man. He can't smoke a regular cigarette. It would probably tear his lungs apart. Exactly. I don't know. That's... Uh, I'm interested because it's, uh, it's John Lehman... And I'm glad that Tony Daniels is off the book and now drawing two issues of Justice League. And we're like, oh, so I can skip those issues, huh? Okay. Is he doing the interiors? He's doing the interiors. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's not writing. He's just doing the art. Oh, okay. That still sucks. Probably something he should stick to. Just (laughs) uh, If he listens to this, Tony, I don't like your writing. So (laughs) there you go. Um, I guess uh, that's about... About all that. And then uh, so Catwoman's also getting a new shake-up. I'm sure they should just call this the Creator Shake-Up Con. Because that's all anyone's going to announce is new creative team lineups. Yeah, that's really kind of depressing when they do that. Yeah, and well, speaking of Judd Winnick, he's uh, he's leaving Catwoman. Which I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big Judd Winnick fan. Yeah, but he beats up Catwoman like Not sure business. if anyone is. But yeah, I, He has a th- fan base. That comic was good i liked it now i be it that we are unfamiliar with carl's reading habits carl do you read catwoman do you enjoy the <laughs> winnick nope nope all right well then you will probably continue to not read this <laughs> because <Absolutely. laughs> the green arrow the lady who took over green arrow 
uh, Anne, not going to bother butchering your last name, <laughs> is taken over on Catwoman. And it's a really stupid cover. I'm not even sure. Is that supposed to be the Joker in the background? I don't know what that's supposed to be. Because I know the Joker is just it showing looks like a lot of teeth lately. Cheshire Cat. Oh. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Fuck all this news. I mean, that Joker one sheet was... No, sick. That was sick as fuck. I liked it. I'm just scared of the story attached to it. <laughs> well, yeah. did you uh, did you see that one, Carl, where the Joker's holding up his like rotting face from a year ago? Excellent picture because if you study it, you know he's holding up the mask, and you can see him behind it. Yeah, you know, really well done, really creative on that. Again, it's just brilliant timing in the comic book universe because here we've got another Batman movie coming out where the Joker's not going to be involved, but. You know, DC put, puts a big push behind this character, you know, totally out of irrelevancy to another possibly multi-billion dollar movie coming out. But I, I just, I can't fathom what they're doing over there. I mean, why push a character when you don't have, you know, the big media push? Here you have little kids will be running by, you know, shelves and stuff like that, looking at the comics and seeing them in airports and all that. And, you know, oh, it's a Joker. Well... You know, nobody's interested in the Joker as much now. You got Bane coming out. And yeah. What the hell's a Joker? Yeah. I'm not interested in a Bane. That no. mask sucks. The mask does suck. But, yeah, I I like the way they kind of sprinkled, like, hey, don't forget about the Joker. Like in Suicide Squad, there's like, hey, like Harlequin had her thing where she was like, got to find Mr. J's face. I found it. <laughs> it was, it was kind of cool, though. But... You always, like, ever since, like, the 52, you're like, where's the Joker? Where's the Joker? They had him for, like, a second. Yeah, I'm a detective number one, that's it. Yeah. yeah, and then that's it. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting. So it's such a it's such a huge missed opportunity there. Oh, we're going to reboot the universe, and then we're going to leave the Joker out of it for a year? Like the biggest villain. Their, big, their best villain. You should have just started with him. Should have just been, like, Joker day one, motherfuckers, and he is running amok. Yeah, but here's the so. thing. Like, now that everything's settled down, because you know if they did that, it would have been like 15 different creative teams on them by now. Hopefully, they've just stored up this super awesome, badass story for them that maybe lasts a year or two years, hopefully. I mean, that's that's wishful fucking thinking. No, it's going to be six issues. That's it? Max. Not with the Joker, man. It's going to sell gangbusters, and they're going to be like, oh, let's make it an ongoing. doing the owl thing at the same time. He's still building all that up and shit. I honestly think that they were like, all right, Joker, Detective Comics, number one. This is what you get to do with him. Now he's off the playing field, and we'll see which creative team sells better. And since Batman sold better than Detective and isn't getting a creative shakeup, then boom, you get Joker now. And even though that, that was the cookie, audience, that was the reward. Yeah, even though it confused our audience because they were following his adventures in Detective last, and now it's over in Batman. And you know, the common reader may only have been buying one, might be buying two, but still will be like, "Oh, I don't really understand how comics work." Still, why the fuck is he in this book now? Well, why would they put it on the weakest book or the strongest book? I figured they'd put it on the softest one to try to get that one out of the toilet. The sales, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Typical DC. <laughs> That's the end. That one's making money. Keep throwing more shit out of that one. It's doing okay. These mm. other ones over here, it says cancel them, start something new. Yeah, but why tip the hat and reveal what could have been a big what the fuck moment for the DC Comics? It's true. You know, oh, he's coming back. and No, just surprise us with it for once. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it's a marketing it's a game. Momentum or something. Make him the mastermind behind the whole reboot. You know, I don't want to make it sound like you know one of those thanos things where he's in control of the whole thing but man imagine if it was joker orchestrating a lot of things going on through all the books and just made him a, a hands down balls out best villain ever because he put this whole deal together and i shit my pants yeah that'd yeah, be awesome that's, like that's have him shiv pandora said, get this advertisement weeks before oh he's coming back great you just blew that fucking surprise thank you yeah well i mean the best part it's not even till september so yeah, cause like, dude, if you really think about that, imagine like if you were just oh, reading another goddamn Batman book, blah blah, last page Joker, you'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, like you. Well, it'd be like Infinite Crisis when uh, when Lex shows up to kill the other Lex, and he's just like, fucking, you don't you don't do shit unless you let the Joker play, and then Joker's just like, boom, I killed you, motherfucker. Yeah, that was sick. That was sick. That was, was the best part of Infinite Crisis. <laughs> All that in Superboy Prime, killing everyone and being crazy, but yeah, that was you know. awesome. <clears throat> 
Yeah, it's like, I think that's actually a really great idea to have Joker, and that would change him from the um, from the old Joker if he was more of a mastermind and orchestrated stuff and, and played on many levels. So, someone that could actually rival Lex Luthor. That'd be sweet. Who I don't think has done shit really since. I don't uh, think he's... Like, he, you know, he's doing a shit in action, action comics, but that's about it. So. Standing around talking out how newspapers <laughs> are dead or something. <laughs> something I don't know. Well, the Dow's down, the Jones is up. <laughs> no, he's like, he's in cahoots with Brainiac or some shit. So that's well, stupid. <laughs> are you reading with... action comics? I don't read yeah, action. Com- I think I think the Superman books suck right now. They're boring as shit. Well, um, George Perez said that it was like a miserable experience, and when he left the book, he was just like, it was like the most stressful series he's ever worked on because, you know. Grant Morrison's Grant Morrison, and he doesn't reveal all of his stories, even to DC. He doesn't have to, because he's fucking Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, you're going to have to write, but you can't really talk about this stuff and this stuff, because we don't know what Grant's doing. And he was like... Cool. And his book happens before my book? <laughs> okay, well... Fuck me. How the hell am I going to make this I'm supposed to do work? anything. Yeah, so... Speaking of Grant Morrison, did you guys see that trailer for the Dinosaurs versus Aliens movie that they're making based on his story? No. No. <laughs> but I heard Dinosaurs and I signed on. Barry Sonnenfeld is directing it and it literally oh, is dinosaurs off. teaming together, you know, predator style. It looked like in the some of the pictures they were like tying bones to themselves to make it like armor. You know, just Whoa. attacking aliens. Whoa. What those aliens ever do to them? Besides, <laughs> yeah. make them go extinct, according to Mayan prophecies. <laughs> I just made that part up. Uh, yeah, I heard Sonnefeld, and I was I signed off again. So when does that come out? Morrison, I signed on, but I was hesitant. Then dinosaurs, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then aliens, I was like, oh, all right, okay, okay. And then yeah, you put Barry on it, and I'm like, oh, I don't need to see another Men in Black, thank you. Oh, so. That guy, yeah. Mib, yeah. Is Pitbull in it? Maybe. <laughs> Pitbull is one of the voices of the dinosaurs. I'm there. Now, I'm I didn't back. see the trailer. Carl, is the trailer like, are, are these dinosaurs talking? Or are they just tying stuff on themselves? How would uh, they... it, it wasn't like a, a full movie trailer. It was one of those. Did you ever see like a, a trailer that they do for books where it's like a motion animated comic kind of setup? Mm. Oh, okay. So it was Barry Sonnenfeld and Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison just looks totally thrilled to be standing next to Barry Sonnenfeld who just... <laughs> Very, very loud and very over the top, and then intercut with pictures of like a triceratops staring down like a ID four, like an Independence Day alien ship, and you know, it, it was just weird enough to say wow, but it wasn't like good enough to to make me get really excited for it because you know they're gonna do something stupid like put Ben Affleck in it or something just to fucking ruin it. But. Ben Affleck's like I'm back. I know yeah. I know I had a hot streak where I was directing shit, but I really wanted to get back to my Armageddon days. And I think this is it. <laughs> I think this is the vehicle I need to push well, me back into shitville. Well, I watched that Talking Heads with Grant Morrison, and I know one of his goals was to make a dinosaur make a movie. movie. No, to make a Hollywood movie. So, I mean, motherfucker did it. With that? He did it. <laughs> yeah. He did it. I'm yeah, not, that's the I'm only problem is that this versus aliens kind of deal didn't work out real well the first time. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> no, that's because that was terrible. That's what happens when you base it off of a trade that actually only sold like five copies, and you and you lie to the studios. <laughs> well, those five people are just you like, know this is going to sell like thousands of toys though. That's true. And well, they better hold on to that money. Well, uh books i guess books we've been reading yeah because i know isn't the schedule gonna be kind of light next week no fuck no have you seen the schedule for next week everything and your mom is shipping next week my mom didn't tell me about that yeah i know (laughs) no everything because typical con fashion they ship everything the week before so if you were reading it and following it monthly it is coming out next week probably it's probably why that uh Dan the Unhorrible came out so early. Probably so that they could just have it at the con. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Um, yeah, we can transition to that. You guys want to talk about what books you've been reading? 
yeah. Go for it. Um, uh, Carl, since you're our guest, we will let you go first. Oh, I thank you, sir. Um, uh, two books for this week that I covered, um, Spawn 221. I know people are, are really polarized when it comes to Todd McFarlane. People, <laughs> you know, love him or hate him. The nice thing about Spawn now is that he's contributing the plot, but he's actually not doing the art except for the cover. Hmm. And I read it, and I, I was actually kind of surprised. I mean, I, I remember collecting Spawn number one, you know, in the 90s when the whole Image Comics thing took off, and it was... Interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't mind McFarlane's artwork in the least. I, I really did like his stuff on Spider-Man. But the artwork now is actually way better. It's um, very dark and brooding. And he's got a guy doing the art who is called Simon Kurdansky. And he uses a lot of borderless panel pages, and he does a lot of askew stuff and dark color palettes and um, goes through and it just follows Jim Downing as he takes over the mantle of Spawn and it, it set up a pretty good um, issue for one that really doesn't have any major conflict other than Downing learning that he's pretty much fucked as he's paired up with the uh, symbiote, you know, Spawn. So I, I was actually kind of surprised by it. You know, I, I gave it a three out of five, but it, it was, as I said, a, a strong three. You know, it's not mm. groundbreaking enough to hit the four, but surprisingly enough to be a pretty sustainable book considering it's just Jim Downing realizing he's getting screwed over with this whole deal with, with the Spawn outfit. So It's funny that it took him 21 issues to figure that out. What do you mean? Well, Spawn 200 is when he officially took over the mantle, um. which means this is the longest drawn-out storyline. Mm. Did they? So. Does he have the same, like rules on a suit like he can only use oh, so much I mean, power no, the rules of oh that's been out of the window since oh. like spawn 20 dude oh wow yeah no it's completely spawn now is just like what up motherfuckers i can do whatever throw some chains to your face yeah you no, I, yeah i'm not sure i think they tweaked it when he took over again but there was a time when spawn had all the power of hell and then there was a time when he had the power of the green and i mean it's just it's fucking Who's whatever been? you want He's been doing it for a while, so I guess. Yeah. There's a time when he sealed off the gates to heaven and hell. No one could fucking die. That was, you know, that didn't turn out too well. <laughs> he made God and the devil twins, a brother and a sister. Holy and they moly. tried to kill their mom. Yeah, you know, it's, Where the hell have I been? <laughs> yeah. Lots happened in Spawn. Wow. From the, the simple old days of just trying to get revenge on Jason, Jason Wynn, so... But, uh, yeah, I mean, that cover was sick for that issue where, like, Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah. Jock that. That was pretty cool, though. I like that cover. I kept looking at it. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. I'm sure that a lot of people probably would have checked it out just because of that cover. They would have been like, oh, that's cool. Mm. A spa game. It just ain't there. (laughs) And what else did you you cover? The other one was the uh, Creepy Anthology, number nine. From it's funny do you guys get the feeling like there's always now one or two horror books out every month you know just in oh, some definitely. way shape or form it's like mandatory now yeah 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 it's just it's the, just um, like the movie game yeah you have to have at least one horror thriller type movie out every month so yeah i've been following um, no place like home which is the horror interpretation of the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. which it's got a very slow buildup, but it's actually kind of entertaining to read it. I'm just kind of banging my head, hoping that they get to the point eventually. But um, I, Creepy Number 9 overall was good. There was just one story that just bolted out of the whole thing that really blew my mind. And it was called The Red Knife by Emily Carroll. And she wrote it and illustrated it. And, you know, all the others try so hard to be horror and to be scary in that issue. And they, they do an okay job, but this one was just a, a nice little mind fuck of a story from a woman's perspective. It's, you know, she gets a set of knives for her wedding and she becomes really attached to it. And it had this opening line talking about from the, the narrator's perspective or, you know, their lead woman, how on her wedding day, the underwire from her bra broke and it cut into her breast. And, you know, it just kind of stuck with me about this, how well it framed up that whole little story. And I don't know if it was just 
accident that the way she did that, like, you know, she couldn't think of any other way to, you know, kick the story off, but it was such a, a brilliantly insightful kind of reflection that, that really set up this whole story about this woman becoming fascinated with these knives that she got as a wedding gift. And, you know, of course, I don't, I don't want to ruin the ending or anything, but it, it was a, a great little story. And the artistic style, it looked like some of those um, good housewife advertisements from the 40s and 50s. Right, right. Oh, nice. What made that nice little twist about it. So, so you know, you know, over the top for me, you know, in the best of ways. So here's something that that really played on the psychological instead of, you know, the boo, there's a monster over there kind of deal. But or like here's five pages of intestines. That's, yeah. that's an Avatar book. That sounds actually really interesting. So I uh, I did not read that one yet. There was and how book. many stories? You said there was five stories in the book or is there four? There's four in there. Four stories. And of course now one is of course an H.P. Lovecraft story, which it seems everybody's got to do a Lovecraft story mm. now ever since South Park did their Cthulhu thing. Yeah, it's but um, you know the other, there's another one called In Deep about a, a guy and a woman trapped out out at sea, like clinging onto a life raft, and and it, it, that one just seemed familiar as well. And one of the criticisms I made of the comic was it just like all those stories seemed like so familiar, like you kind of knew where it was going, and it mm-hmm. didn't really entertain. But that one, the red knife, was just the one that felt different and all that and, and it, it kind of stuck with me i was thinking about that for a couple of days like when you see a good horror movie yeah and you're always like oh what's behind that door what's going on you know you're trying to sleep and you hear something you're like oh shit so, but <laughs> it, it good not not great but you know it just feels like like what i was saying before how there's a new horror book or a horror book every month it just feels like it's getting so watered down now yeah like everybody their mom's doing one and when you find a story like that it's actually refreshing because it sets itself to the side and like hey i don't have a boogeyman but this is a good story yeah well, pretty interesting awesome dustin did you read any books this week no i didn't no i, I did I guess we, we will skip you <laughs> thanks <Next. laughs> um i read no i wasn't kidding next yeah <laughs> we're done with you I read Battle Beast before all you fuckers. What? Battle yeah. Beast? Yeah, IDW was like, hey, here's Battle Beast. I was like, all right, let's do this up because I love Battle Beast. I... Did you collect every one of these incredible creatures I that did... battle for fun? I did not collect all 84, but I do oh. have a collection of like 20 or so. You know, I don't remember what a fucking Battle Beast was. Battle I... Beast was a little two-inch figure anamorphic little dudes like you had a bear that was like a, just a dude with a bear head essentially oh okay i remember and then they had describing porn or battle bees <laughs> because i'm going to talk about holographic stickers now too like i remember which, like, visionaries remember visionaries they had the crest on their um like armor and then it would be like an animal like a leopard and that was like oh no I, yeah I, I, that was okay, sick someone this. needs to do that it's, sim- it's similar <laughs> it was kind of similar to that but basically okay. you had a sticker and it was like fire water or, oh um, okay like earth like the elements right earth, yeah and it, well it did, they just had the three just three because and you just did rock paper scissors to that shit so okay and that, water that... beats fire fire beats earth etc 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 anyways um <laughs> the three of them i got lost but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh it was actually really fucking good wow it's by uh bobby uh turnrow yeah turnrow and um yeah, it just starts off like this This ram is describing all of his uh, lessons that he learned from his father from, like, age three to, um, like, basically until his father died or whatever. And he's talking about just, like, he learned how to do, you know, hold a sword. He learned how to do this and that. And just that their entire lives are consumed by battle, and they're trying to find this, uh, you know, they don't really describe what they're looking for, but they're, like, they're trying to find something that will stop the war. So in a way, it's very much like Autobots and Decepticons, which a lot of shit in the '80s is like that. I'm like, we got these two warring fractions, you know? Like yeah, it was dinosaurs. I mean, just I can name you tons of other shit that's <laughs> exactly dinosaurs. Spoken rule, they should bring that shit back. Give me that book. Um, but it was just really surprising because they went to the human side of it because you have to have the human element. Because then I can't relate. Yeah, exactly. And the chick was not fucking annoying. Like she had like a 
a personality that was kind of outspoken, but she wasn't annoying. And it was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And then, you know, the beasts all land on Earth and uh, the ram just like fucking stabs this guy right through the chest. And I was like, <laughs> well, that you're not getting a toy because you're dead. And yeah, it was just really interesting. Actually, it comes out this week, but um, I think that book is going to honestly surprise people because it doesn't just feel like hey we're just cashing on like a toy tie-in like no it doesn't at all like he was just like hey i got a story i'm gonna tell you my story yeah like he man -Man. we'll get to your he man um but it was just you could tell he had a story and he was taking it very serious and he has these lighthearted elements because yes it's obviously still a little bit kid friendly Mm -hmm. but in general it's a very like hard story so i liked it it was a it was a good read. Like, then, was uh, it a? Is it set up? Is it like a one shot or is it like a trade no, paper? It's, a, it's ongoing. It's an ongoing. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Wait, who's publishing it? IDW. Oh fuck! Yep, there you go. <laughs> but this is like good IDW licensing. This isn't Ghostbusters. Mm. Or, yeah, but issue four, like they're going to blow the continuity and they're going to try to redo it and they'll get lost and. I don't know. I, like with this uh, with this writer, I don't think that like he's more of a because he he's more in house. So I I see him sticking around for quite some time on the book. So so it's not like like he said issue five. You're like where the fuck's yeah, the battle it's, beast? It's gonna be more like How a come Tom... I haven't seen the battle beast for four issues. <laughs> it's gonna be more like Tom Tom Waltz on um, Ninja Turtles because he's an in house editor. He's he's on the book. Like he's just staying on it until he he wants to be off because he edits the book. Um, and this is the same thing. He's an in-house editor and writer, so he'll be, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be on for as long as he wants because he's written other, other good stuff cool. with the company. So he's also doing, um, Thousand Night of Wolves, which has been fucking amazing. So yeah, that was a crazy issue. That one. Yeah. Both. Yeah. I wish I, I want to talk about the ending, but I don't want to talk about the ending because the ending of issue two was just like crap your pants. Good. Like a what kind of, yeah. yeah. Wow. More like you stood up and you're like, did I just read what I read? You had to leave the room because there was too much energy. Yeah, you left, you came back, you're like, still there. Oh, my God. Um, Kevin, when you go, I try to figure out what the fuck else I read because there was something else I specifically wanted to talk about. Uh, I would talk about He-Man because that book actually came out where you can buy it in the stores instead of Masters of the Universe, which was the digital that you could only get from DC online, which was 99 cent. So they thought, hey, let's put He-Man in the fucking title again, move some issues. But I'm not going to talk about it because it took a lot of energy to get upset at that book. But there's views on it for the site at combasters.com. But I will talk about, it's a book I found on accident, but apparently... I wanted to review it. But he doesn't want to review it. And you found it it. on accident. And I found it on accident. It's a book called uh, October Girl. And it is also digital... So it's like ninety nine cent. You can pick it up at uh, Cos- yeah, it's, Comicology. Um, we actually ran the story about it. It's digital first, and then they're going to be doing print later on. But they're they're launching. They're doing a, um, it's kind of like a new incentive that Comicology has been doing with uh, comic book publishers, like smaller ones, where they have them do it in digital first, and then once you hit a certain issue, then you do it in print. Okay, so. that's that's actually probably I hate to say it, but best to wait for the print. Yeah. No, definitely, because you built in you build in that audience. Yeah, like Matthew Dow Smith writes it, and he and he's an artist on it too. So it's it's his it's his project through and through. He basically follows this girl. Um, her name's Autumn, and before it goes any further, it's only fourteen pages. So by the time I got vested, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually, it's over." But regardless, he follows Autumn. She's you know coming into her twenties, teen. 1819 she's reflecting on when she was a child you know things that made her happy you know like imaginary friends you know thinking santa claus created the universe you know just real dumb kid shit like you know you're a kid you're just like you think every you think dumb ass kid thoughts because you're a dumb ass kid so it follows that you basically get into the groove of her and like her mannerisms and just kind of like how she thinks as a person and then you know mom's like hey you got to go to school she's like it's saturday mom breaking my balls actually they have a good relationship but she has a job at a coffee shop so she just goes to the coffee shop and then it's just more of her life it's it probably comes off boring as shit now that i think about it but 
the last couple of panels is when see I can't even give it away because it's only 14 pages I don't even know why I chose this book to talk about <laughs> it's more of a moot point um, than anything I think you should just talk about it because I mean so many people were interested in this book that it launched like two days early so yeah I kept I got conflicted release dates every time I saw something it was like it's coming out then that's coming out this yeah time. it was originally supposed to come out on Wednesday and it launched on Monday so well basically she mentions like all those things of a ch- as a, a child that she loved are kind of coming back. So her way, she's like, I'm taking out the trash on my shitty coffee house job. And inside the trash, some rumbling. She's like, hey, who's back there? I think she's going to get attacked or raped or some shit. I don't know where this book's going. It's got the, serious real quick. Yeah. This little monster mogwai fucking thing comes out of the trash. And she, he's like, hey, it's me, Barnaby, your imaginary friend. Haven't seen you in a long time. It looks like someone whooped his ass. And yeah, I was, he looked a little tore up. He, he looked fucked up. And I was like, and that's it. You're just like, oh. I thought the book was okay. It was not as good as I was hoping because that art is fantastic. Yeah, the art I rips. love the, the art. The art was really just great looking. Um, it looked watercolored. And just like the coloring of the book in general, it almost was like he just colored one entire page. Like he just built a page. He didn't color it by panel. Yeah. It was just like I'm doing it by page, which was awesome. Yeah. It gave it a complete feel for each page. And it flowed really well, I thought. Yeah. Um. She narrated a little too much. You think? And I I literally, I read, I think, the third caption box, and I was like, this was written by a man. And I flipped back, and I was like, it is written by a man. Because I always blow through the credits. I don't give a fuck about the credits until after I read the book. And and so I was just like, I could instantly tell. I was like, dude fucking wrote this. Great. She's talking kind of like a dude would talk in this situation. What's he supposed to do? Go into the sector. I got it now. <laughs> Kick me in the I'm balls. Just, I'm just saying, I, I hate, I hate that when it's like I can instantly tell, you know, I this just, is not. I just still thought she was interesting enough, and I like that enough, you made yeah. me. Okay, I was still invested in her. Too many times. Oh, Jesus, dude. Are you... I'm, hey, I just we had different takes on it. <laughs> that's, I, no, that's fine. The Santa Claus really you attack Santa. And I love Santa, but I don't bring him up every five fucking minutes of my daily life. You just did. Well, <laughs> I was forced into it. You know, I thought it was interesting. Regardless, and for 99 cent, you can't go wrong. And it's one of those things you're like, oh, I read it. It's either, hey, this is what Kevin said. It seems somewhat interesting. I'll see where this goes. Or like, it's what Destin said. That was a pile of shit. I didn't think it was a pile of shit. <laughs> Just it, was, it was good. It was interesting. But I uh, I don't know. It was the one that interested me the most out of the five releases. And so it. Uh, From Monkey Brain Comics, by the way. Monkey Brain Comics. Chris Robertson giving the finger to the corporate structure and starting his own company. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I was hoping for, for more, I guess. So. Well, hopefully if it keeps coming out, you'll get your more. Hmm? I, uh, <laughs> okay. Hmm? Um, I read a book called The Vig- Visionaries, which was actually older. I think it released in 2008, if my memory serves me correct, um, by Greg Pak and, it was probably one of the best comic books I've ever read. Like, hands down. Ever. Ever, yeah. He, uh... Basically, I mean, it's kind of... It follows these three characters. They are student filmmakers, and they're just they're trying to do this little project, and, you know, they have no money, no budget, whatever. And then um, an Apple-type company releases... And it's stupidly called I.I., like, you know, the little lowercase I and the, mm-hmm. the word I. And it's these glasses that let you just basically create whatever you want you to see. So, like, you can make a new skin. Like, I can make it, if I was wearing I can make a skin on you to where you're, like, dressed like Superman all the time or whatever. And then I could give you that skin so you could just, like, put it on anyone that you're seeing, too. So, like, the whole world just walk around Superman costume. Do I need the glasses? To, to... You need the glasses to okay. see it. Um... And it's just really brilliant because then it just kind of spirals out of control. It becomes like a YouTube thing where different people's channels um, kind of take over and, you know, based on popularity. And this one chick, she can just, she can, she's like the only one that can just create like a brand new thing. Like everyone else is kind of using and altering footage or whatever. And she can just create new like shit. Like rehashing skins kind of. Yeah. So like one guy creates like a fake uh, sex tape for a senator gets him in trouble because he he confesses to it even though it was fake 
like admits to it because he's like he was guilty anyways and um and so you know it just it it makes that guy's um like popularity just go out of control and then soon like everyone's wearing them you go to your job and you have to wear them all the time you have to be online on them because there's advertising and shit and the government kind of just come in and takes control um and because no one read their user agreement because they're all just so excited to have it like they have all this power and shit um and then they cleverly use it like this little girl gets kidnapped and they're like okay well if you sign up for this program then it'll start doing um visual identification for everyone that you're looking at and so if someone matches the profile it'll just send the alert to you know the police or whatever and so everyone wants the help so they sign up and it's like the the fastest downloaded like app or whatever ever and so now they're just collecting data on everyone so they're just like seeing you from everyone else's eyes so they know what you're doing and they're just using that as a crime prevention it just grows and grows and grows and it's so fucking brilliant the way everything just unfolds can, can I interrupt real fast? Yeah, go ahead. You know what this sounds like? And if, Carl, maybe you know it too. It sounds like a movie called Strange Days. Brilliant movie. Yeah. yeah with, the which, go- with the... It the, is, but it... The hookup feed. Because you can, you can kind of do that too. You can live through someone else's eyes. And that's what actually what one of the, the, the kids that they, they follow does is his dad, I guess like in this, this future world, Texas has uh, branched off from the United States. And so now oh, they have... Finally. <laughs> they have like a border patrol around Texas, uh-huh. and this guy is a, you know, his dad is like a border patrol for that, and it's a shoot to fucking kill, right? You know? And this is just like it isn't like Hispanic people trying to get over; it's like anyone from Texas, so it's right. like, you know, whatever. And then, um, so he makes this Texas immigrant uh, that's there illegally, like they switch places, and um, you know, and, th- and so they kind of live vicariously through each other's eyes and see how the other side of the same situation lives and and just does interesting things like that. So, yeah, in a way, it's a little bit like Strange Days, but instead of, like, Strange Days, because you had to, like, hook up to the system, you couldn't just, like, walk around with that shit all the time. Right. Um, yeah, these are just, like, the glasses, and it just really... It was such a was great like, commentary about... Yeah, like a social piece. Kind about of. copyright, creator rights, um advertising just like the internet in, in general because what the glasses like when the government gets a hold of it to protect everyone's copyright so if like you start whistling a song it'll just deduct 99 cents from your account oh, what a dick move yeah so but in the same regard if you create something new and someone else just uses it then it just it instantly funds your your account but then it just kind of spirals out of control where like this one guy they're like yeah you owe us like two thousand dollars he's like what the fuck so and he can't create new content fast enough to keep keep up with the the old content that he's just borrowing from, and yeah. it's just like it is. I I mean seriously, I I recommend anyone to read it, even if you don't read comic books. I'd recommend people to read it because the commentary about our society and just the the copyright and the user agreement and everything that we, like we all just do and take for granted every day, like just even advertising and the internet, it's just so like on the nose that it's it's brilliant i was i think it's greg pack's best work like hands down and the art was fantastic too so well it's kind of a sounds good but it sounds like a fucking bummer all at the same time it's it sounds like that but then the ending is very positive okay so i'm just not giving you that because i'd have to reveal too much right right so is it a trade paperback um it is what you get in singles it's kind of it's digital oh you can kind of get it for free too. Oh, because he at the end said, like he entered it into public domain. He was like, "Here you go. I just want people to read this, share this. Teachers can use it, whatever. So, I mean, you don't have to pay anything for it." Wow. Um, yeah. So, Dude, like, it's on Comicology, but I'm sure you could find like a torrent for it and too. Because he even said he's like, "Put it on a torrent. I don't care. Just, I just want people to read this." So. Wow. That's yeah. that's very rare. Yeah, and I feel, like, really behind on uh, reading it, because I'm sure other people... Like, Multiversity is quoted on every cover, like, fucking changed my life! And it's just <laughs> like, oh, okay, one of those quotes, huh? But it was seriously one of the best comic books I've ever read. Wow. So. you, I guess you win this week, Dustin. We'll check out your book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is, uh, well, <clears throat> I hate to do this to everyone. It's about that time. Uh-oh. We've uh, 
spent an hour of shenanigans through technology. And we also have been joined today by Carl. You should check out his site, InfoZombie. Tons and tons of useful tidbits of fun information there. Carl, is there anything you want to add? You want to, would you like to plug anything or tell us what you have coming up or feel free, but let loose. Well, first I want to say thank you to you guys for having me on. This has been awesome. Hopefully I could uh, reprise this event one more time again sometime soon. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. You can catch my stuff, www.theinfozombie.com. You can follow me on Twitter at the info zombie podcast launched this week. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of uh, podcasts, I'm, I'm looking forward to you guys. Hopefully, uh, Bastard Banter will come back again mm. sometime soon. I, I had like... a blast listening to that. And um, what I also found in this weird element of synchronicity and the way that, you know, the, the dark side of the moon goes <laughs> together with The Wizard of Oz so well. Do you know that if you take that episode of Bastard Banter and put it up to the porn film Evil Head... It actually works perfectly with that as well. Brilliant. It, it is groundbreaking to see that you can just use that one bastard banter episode for so many different things. But um, We're going to get off We our... encourage that. Yeah. I would like to know what else it matches up to. Leave You'll be surprised. I'm sure episodes of the Brady Bunch, you know, it, it, there's just so many things out there that we could apply it to. But um, There was a lot of cat meows in that. <laughs> Wow, that is uh, that's good to know. Thank you for that. <laughs> we'll get off our lazy asses and maybe do another. Maybe yes, we'll have to. Yes, we need more. <laughs> well, I'm Kevin. I'm Dustin. You've been listening and to, the, and then we got Carl. Yeah. How rude of me to forget ever so soon. <laughs> <laughs> I am a program machine. I just yeah. Mine is my outro. Comic Bastards Motherfucker Podcast. You can catch us on. The website's commonbastards.com. There's a Google Plus page. There's a Facebook page. There is a Twitter. Just go on that Common Bastards page. There's links for everybody and their mama on there. Yeah, if it if tickles you, your fancy. If you click on links, it's there probably. <laughs> it should be. Um, there's a video page we just threw up. We thought that would be fun. There's a podcast page that I spent all fucking night working on, so you should fucking visit that. So toot to that horn, Dustin. And <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all the fuckings there, but <laughs> seriously. Once again, we'd like to thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Meredith, that unruly adolescent of yours has been locked up in that broom closet he calls a bedroom for hours. He drank all the jolt, the Mountain Dew, the crush. Not the purple crush. The very same. He's eating the Doritos, all the Funyuns, the pizza rolls. First, he's rolling up pizzas. Then he's rolling up his sleeves for heroin. Reginald, it's the comic books. It's those left-wing pinko publications. They're like crack, Reginald. Paper crack. Calm your ginseng nerves, Meredith. And hand me one of those comic books. We need to see what we're up against. (laughs) Are you going to give me the book? or you going to... No, it's right there. It's off to the side. It's use your good eye. Oh. The, uh, your lazy eye, your lazy arm. You're killing me. You're killing. I'm gonna cheat on you. <laughs>